Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Champions of Wellness podcast, the show for leaders focused on improving well-being in the workplace. Thank you for joining us as we discuss expert insights, evidence-based solutions, and actionable tactics to help you maximize employee mental health. Now, here's your host, PJ Calkins. Hi, and welcome to the 27th episode of the Champions of Wellness podcast. I'm PJ Calkins, and I'm thrilled you're joining us today. Wherever you might be, I hope you're doing well. We just finished up another successful virtual summit that brought together wellness leaders and experts from around the world to share insights and strategies focused on maximizing healthcare worker well-being. We had hundreds of executives, team leads, and other healthcare professionals join us for the second annual two-day event, and we heard incredibly impactful presentations from world-class speakers. For today's episode, we are going to hear from several of those experts who presented at the virtual summit. We asked them what advice they have for leaders just starting on their wellness journey or leaders who have implemented a few initiatives but are unsure of what to do next. The responses we got were incredibly empowering and give great insight into the processes that these champions have found success with, and we are excited to share them with you today. We want to give a quick shout out to this episode's sponsor, the Wellbeing Index. Over 800 healthcare organizations around the world use the Wellbeing Index to measure and support the mental health of their staff. Invented and validated by Mayo Clinic, the Wellbeing Index is an online self-assessment tool that allows participants to anonymously measure their well-being in less than one minute, access customized resources, immediately compare their results to peers and national averages, and track their progress over time. The tool then provides organizational leadership with de-identified data to help them pinpoint the causes of distress, address the areas most in need of support, and track the effectiveness of their initiatives. The Wellbeing Index has undergone a rigorous validation process with multiple stages of peer review and has been used by leading healthcare institutions to help improve clinician quality of life, reduce turnover, maximize patient care, save vital resources, and protect the mental health of our medical professionals. To access case studies, validation articles, and even take a free demo of the Wellbeing Index, visit www.mywellbeingindex.org. Now, on with the episode. One of the most common pieces of advice we heard from our group of wellness leaders was to turn to staff to guide what needs to be done. Hear it from the people directly within your organization. Katrina Jones, one of our Virtual Summit 2021 keynote speakers and a diversity, equity, and inclusion leader at Amazon Web Services, had this to say about going directly to your staff to collect diverse perspectives on the experiences of staff and potential solutions to maximize their wellness. You know, my advice would be to go directly to your employees. Um, I would advise leaders uh, to gather a cross-section of employees from across the organization um, and be, um, you know, specific and intentional about pulling in uh, employees uh, with different identities and different backgrounds, um, uh, different uh, um, uh, situations, uh, different home lives. Uh, into a group 
to continuously survey them about what's working, what's not working, um, what needs are being met and aren't being met. Um, and also to, you know, ask about any barriers to accessing um, any wellness plans or any wellness resources. I think one of the um, um, biggest opportunities for many uh, organizations and leaders in this space is to consider um, and understand what is the user experience. So if I'm uh, trying to access this wellness resource, is it easy? Um, are there any particular hurdles for me that I might need to, um, you know, get over or get through in order to access and um, to make use of this resource? Uh, understanding from a user perspective, and not necessarily your perspective, but from, you know, a diverse user perspective, will really help you um, to improve the quality of your wellness offerings and make sure that they serve uh, you know, a wide variety uh, and wide breadth of people. We also received insight on the same idea from Dr. Deanna Santana, the Executive Director of Physician Wellbeing and Engagement at Advent Health and Executive Director of the Coalition for Physician Wellbeing. Dr. Santana gave us this advice about creating and implementing a steering committee to help guide initiatives. I would say start with a steering committee um, specifically for creating a strategy. Um, this is not a one person job. Um, if it is, you will burn out really fast. Um, so bringing in leadership, anyone that has um, an interest or desire in well-being, those are the people to bring to the table because they're just as passionate and have as much energy and can be a big driving force for you. In a similar vein to the advice we just heard from Dr. Santana, several speakers discussed the importance of truly understanding the problem in order to craft targeted and effective solutions. Physician coach and burnout author Dr. Paul DeChant gave us this advice about how we can gain a full understanding of the causes of clinician distress. You know, the very first thing to do, because it's kind of overwhelming, there's so much that needs to get done. The first thing to do is to truly understand the problem. And particularly for leaders who are not practicing clinically, shadowing clinicians while they're working will teach you more than anything you can learn from working with a committee sitting in a conference room looking at spreadsheets and reports. So work with your clinicians and connect with them and, and ask, find ones that are open to it and actually just follow them around for a few hours to see the realities of the challenges. David Parks, Vice President and Co-Founder of Blue Point Leadership Development, similarly mentioned the need to research and filter the vast amount of information available to us on employee mental health. There is so much information out there on health, fitness, well-being, organizational dynamics, and leadership. And, and my encouragement would be to, to research the world, scan the research, read the books, become familiar with the models, then filter it through your lens of what makes practical sense for your organization, and then do it. Prototype, experiment, measure, but the key thing is taking action. Another common piece of advice for leaders who are just beginning on their wellness programming was to develop a plan 
based on already established strategies and processes that may have been successfully implemented at similar organizations. Dr. Lynn Myers, Chief Quality and Medical Officer at Texas Health Physicians Group, had this to say. Well, you need a framework and you need a plan. And I would choose something that's a proven framework um, so that you're not reinventing the wheel. There are lots of resources out there and the opportunity to use proven uh, frameworks actually allows you to get a head start on your journey. Several speakers also highlighted the importance of accurate wellness measurement as part of this established framework. We heard this advice first from Patrick McNally of the Wellbeing Index. The piece of advice that I would give to leaders and champions of wellness that are just getting started on their journey is that you can't correct and you can't fix what you don't measure. And so it really begins with having a a survey tool and the data that you need to be able to know what steps you need to take moving forward. And Dr. Kristen Jacob and Courtney Hilbert of the Spectrum Health Office of Physician and APP Fulfillment shared similar insight on the need for measurement and the benefits of learning from each other. I think the advice I would give to someone starting on their journey is to first find a way to really um, measure the current state of their teams and really to use that data to guide um, you know, their approach to the work. I also encourage any leader taking on this work to take, find a way to take care of themselves and their own well-being and fulfillment um, doing this work. This work is, um, it has to be collaborative. It's not, you know, one leader uh, who can change the well-being of a team of physicians and advanced practice providers Um, It takes collaboration um, and engagement of people at all levels of the organization, Um, clinical leaders, um, operational leaders, HR, other other people who are all engaged um, and care about, about physicians and APPs. I also encourage people to network nationally because we're all learning on this journey on how to do this well and how to implement programs and initiatives that will really work and improve the well-being of our providers. So networking nationally and learning from each other would be another piece of advice. Yeah, I would absolutely second all that Courtney's contributed. And some of the um, advice I had gotten early on as I started this role was thinking about um, that wellness is everybody's responsibility and that so much of doing this work is based in education, awareness, um, creating a platform, which the Wellbeing Index provides a wonderful platform for us to be um, springboarding this work, springboarding the conversation about the importance of well-being, um, and then really changing the narrative that this is everybody's responsibility to care for our caregivers. We've heard this next piece of advice before from many of the wellness champions that we've talked to over the years, and it is such an important thing to remember, and that is don't do it alone. Seek help from other champions and reach out to those in your organization who are willing to help move this work forward. Dr. Stephanie Simmons, Vice President of Patient and Clinician Engagement at Envision Physician Services, had this to say on the importance of working with people on the wellness journey. You need to talk to your people. It's very easy to go astray 
when you are looking at best evidence and designing programs and don't really understand what's happening uh, to people on the front lines. So walking uh, the walk alongside them, listening to them, spending time uh, with colleagues who are working clinically and really understanding what the stressors are on a day-to-day basis can be immensely helpful in in keeping the work authentic and relatable uh, to the people it's meant to benefit the most. And Ashley Cauley, Chief Human Resource Officer at Cohort for Care, stressed the need to search out partners and not to go it alone. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that we always tell people, and we tell individuals this, but I think it's particularly important for leadership to understand this as well, is that people that are suffering from compassion fatigue and burnout really have tunnel vision of really believing they are in it all by themselves, that they're alone, that they have to do it alone. And our message to individuals and leadership is that you don't have to do it alone. It's important to reach out, reach out to professionals who are doing research, who have ideas on best practice that can partner with you to help. You don't have to do this by yourself. There are people that are willing and trained and want to help. Finally, we heard from a majority of Virtual Summit speakers about not forgetting to care for your own well-being and always remembering to connect with your why. Dr. Sally Spencer-Thomas, a Virtual Summit keynote presenter and president of United Suicide Survivors International, talked about the need for personal level reflection on our own lives and health as leaders. For leaders just starting their wellness journey, um, I think it really is important to start with a period of reflection, a reflection about what you want your life to be, how you want your time to be spent. I think that's a critical question for leaders to ask themselves. A lot of times, I know it's true for me, we become carrot chasers. We're just always off to the next big thing, the next big achievement, the next big promotion, whatever it is. Um, and we lose sight of the fact that as we're chasing these things, our life is happening. Um, and we may be sacrificing other important things like our health and our family and our friends and our recreation as we are so focused on continually uh, going for the next accomplishment. Um, So to start with a period of reflection, really looking at what you want your life to be and what you want your life to be about uh, as a a point to start with. Um, And then the next piece is, is to put a strategy together. You know, we all have this limited resource of time and we will spend it based on our priorities. So how do we allocate our time to meet the values of our priorities? Um, I always think that's a good place to start. Dr. Ginsberg, president of the Career Consultants, also spoke on the importance of focusing on your own well-being. Pay attention to your own well-being. It's very easy to lose yourself in your profession. Um, We all have, we're all motivated for, for different reasons. Sometimes it's intrinsic, sometimes it's extrinsic, but it's very easy to lose your sense of self and your sense of well-being and, and um, the connection that you have to your why in the pursuit of that of your career aspirations. So constantly um, ask yourself daily, what is my why? Why am I doing this? Is it to help people? Is it to heal people? Is it to make the world a better place? But remain connected to your why. And Nadia El-Fertasi, CEO and founder of Thrive with EQ, 
leaves us with this advice on how prioritizing our own mental health as wellness leaders is not a selfish act, but a necessary one so that we can fully support the well-being of our teams and organizations. The advice I would give is to um, understand that leadership is transforming. Leadership starts first by taking care of yourself. That's not an act of selfishness. That's an act of service. Because when you don't have 12 oranges, you cannot give 12 oranges away, as Wayne Dyer used to say. And when you take care of yourself, you can lead from a place of courage, of fulfillment, of well-being, and lead your teams and organizations. Because what matters now, as we've seen because of COVID, people are not systems or technologies to be managed. They need to be inspired, they need to be led, and they need to be guided. And if you are not led yourself first, you cannot lead others to the digital disruptions we are facing. That wraps up this episode. If you found this advice from our Virtual Summit 2021 speakers helpful and inspiring and weren't able to join us for the digital event back in October, you can access the majority of the session recordings by becoming a champion and setting up an account at championswithwellness.com. Thank you again for joining us. Have a wonderful day. And that concludes this episode of the Champions of Wellness podcast. For even more content focused on improving well-being in the workplace, visit our website at championsofwellness.com. Become a champion to get on-demand access to exclusive insights, strategies, and resources from the world's top wellness experts, all designed to help you maximize the mental health of your teams. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to check out the Champions of Wellness online video library, publication, blog, and more. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.